0: Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Osborne, and I'm joined once again by Pastor Jason Tabor. Hola. And Aaron Davis. Hiya. And this week uh, we celebrated the Reformation. Uh, But first of all, what does that even mean, and how could that uh, be something that our neighbors would want to talk about, or is that something our neighbors would want to talk about with us? Apparently, it's something that
2: Aaron learned about in sixth grade history class.
0: <laughs> I did! In public school, in sixth grade history, we did a skit. One of my friends was Martin Luther. She had to pretend to nail the 95 thesis to the bulletin board. I remember it. Like, it was crazy. And one of his followers said, uh, we support Martin Luther King. <laughs> And we all giggled and
2: it was awesome. That was always my experience back in Brooklyn too, when I would tell them it was a Lutheran church. Uh, you know, Mar- Martin Luther, they would say Martin Luther King. No, good guy, like him too. But, uh, <laughs> a
0: little bit before that.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but I think that makes an interesting point in that um, the event or the history itself may not connect with a lot of people. Um, unless you're in sixth grade, you know, you're in sixth grade class. <laughs>
0: Um, Sixth grade history.
2: Yeah.
0: What was yeah. funny was I was actually in a Lutheran church at the time, and it took me a while to put like two and two together.
2: <laughs> like, hey.
0: I mean, i that, not, but like we went to church on Sundays. It wasn't like, you know, they were talking about the 95 thesis every Sunday, yeah. right? Well, except for one. Except, <laughs> but even Reformation Sunday, it's like they don't really talk about the 95.
2: You know, you got all the way to Halloween to figure out. <laughs>
0: But they don't really talk about the actual 95 thesis. You know what I mean? So it took me a while to be like, oh, yeah, that's the same guy.
1: Weird. That's this guy. (laughs) Weird guy (laughs) in a row. Okay. (laughs) The history
2: of it doesn't connect with our neighbors. um, And frankly, having a history conversation is not having a faith conversation. Um, If that doesn't connect, kind of what can we pull from this uh, that would be maybe a better um, or a more fruitful connection point?
0: race is free
2: okay um that's a big one sure (laughs) bingo (laughs) andrew had suggested one that i think we want to talk through first
1: i I did you did uh well i i are you talking about the fact that uh the a lot of times christians even that they want to um Follow rules or ideas that maybe Scripture doesn't actually talk about, which is part of what what Martin Luther was trying to reform was that the church was making all these rules and stumbling blocks for people that they couldn't live up to. Uh, but then he started reading the Scriptures that said, "No, this is free. You don't have to, like it's by grace you're free." Yeah. So uh, let's
2: pause for a minute and let's think about what what type of a per- person or in what situation would would that sort of a message be helpful.
1: Well, I, I know personally, some people who are turned off by the church because they grew up in legalistic families that are, are very like strict, you got to follow these laws. And if you don't, then you're you're going to hell kind of thing. And it just completely turned them away from the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to someone like that, to so here, no, that, that's not what the scripture actually says. I think that would be appealing.
2: So the legalistic person, not the legalistic person, the person who has legalism in their background. Right. Uh, and by the way, when we say legalism, we mean um, you know very strict, um, what would you say? Oh.
0: Like boys can't have long hair, girls can't dye their hair, you have yeah. to dress up for church, like those types of rules.
1: Right. Yeah. Rules that don't really apply to what's important in, or what God thinks is important.
2: Exactly. So correct. And let's get to that in a moment. Um, the other one that was in my head is is the person who says, well, church people are hypocrites. Uh, you know they don't they don't follow all the things (laughs) that they say they're supposed to do Um, and I think in both of those cases this is a this is a helpful starting point right Um, so what we know in our head this reformation principle is um, the thing we should hold to is what the bible actually says
1: yeah right
2: and you're making the point that says you know a lot of that stuff it doesn't say it Mm -hmm. Uh, or it certainly doesn't put it as as most important
1: yeah and they're not necessarily bad things like like dressing up nicely for church it's not a bad thing uh but it's scriptures and say you have to do it to follow jesus right Right. um
2: so how do we how do we say that in a in an approachable sort of winsome way uh, to someone who maybe says i'm turned off by the um the rule following of all this
0: Well, I've had friends that like were on the verge of going to church, but then they were like, I wouldn't make a good Christian. Mm. Right. And it's because they have all these arbitrary things that they hear from the world about how Christians are supposed to act where it's like, I don't feel like you have read this (laughs) somewhere. And I always bring up the story of like Leviticus and then also Jesus when he's in the temple. Right. Mm. And in Leviticus when God's putting out the rules for like your sacrifices he literally made it so that nobody would have a stumbling block. Like anybody could find a dove like in their backyard, even, you know what I mean? And bring it in as their sacrifice to themselves. And then the Pharisees had made it. So it was like, no, you have to buy this dove from the temple. Like it has to cost this much. And so it's like, people are the problem when it comes to like creating those stumbling blocks. God's trying to make it super easy for us to get salvation so this is a good
2: point about the old testament sacrifices that's interesting uh it was specifically set up this is why for example we see mary and joseph sacrifice uh some doves right uh, because they're poor and that's the um accommodation for the poor um that's a that's a totally fair point let me just do a little bit of um uh, equipping hopefully around this idea because this aaron i hadn't thought about that but but you this comes up a lot in, in right. conversations that I have, this, this question, you know, somebody will pull out some old Testament law, um, that selfish. <laughs> yeah. You can't eat the, can't eat the, the
0: selfish. Yeah. That's a big
2: one. <laughs> um, or, you know, don't boil that, whatever. Um, and so, and they do the kind of, what about that? Mm-hmm. So here's the, the theological understanding. I'll do a little theology then we'll talk about how to, how to, how to say it properly. Um, a theological understanding of what all that old testament how all that old testament law fits with us today um right. i'm gonna do this as quick as i can which is not very quick <laughs> there are <laughs> we, you got time that's right uh drink your coffee i love it uh <laughs> when we look at the old testament laws the law the, the laws the types of law that we find there basically break down into three categories there is the religious law that is um well, let me back up. There's the 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 um, national law of Israel. God as is the king of Israel, sets the national laws. This is how you should govern your country. Um, we don't live in Israel or under the king of Israel anymore.
0: Nope. Uh,
2: so we are no longer subject to the national laws of Israel. Instead, we are subject to the national laws of the United States. There is the religious or ceremonial law. Uh, this is the, the stuff about the sacrifices, uh, how big the tabernacle has to be. Um, where you put the blood and what, you, you know, all these sorts of things. We don't worship in that way and we don't sacrifice in that way because Jesus has become that sacrifice. So we are no longer subject to um, the sacrificial or, this, or the, the religious laws. No. The third piece is the moral law. This is don't kill, uh, support the poor, um, those sorts of how you treat the people around you. That is the piece of the law um, that, that as Christians, we still seek to follow. Um, another kind of rule of thumb with this is look at Jesus in the gospels and, and look to which parts of the law he affirms, um, or speaks for, um, and it is the moral law. It's how you treat people. So three pieces of it. Um, and basically this shellfish kind of stuff, um, you know, the, the sacrificing of animals, uh, the slaughter of other nations, uh, all that stuff, uh-oh, glitching here, all that stuff falls into those two categories that we're not subject to any longer. Right. Uh, the third piece, the moral law, by the way, is the part uh, that our friends and neighbors and co-workers will agree with and resonate with. Exactly. Uh, we should support the poor. You should not kill other people.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: These sorts of things. Um, so, that's the theology behind it. Um, you could, I've, I've even just said that to people before uh, mm-hmm. who yeah. with old Testament laws. Um, if you wanted, if you wanted a, a, a shorter, easier way to say that I might say something like, you know, one of the things that I, that I believe that I have um, been taught, uh, is that, um, A lot of those old testament laws we're not subject to anymore because Jesus has fulfilled them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I always say, too, like, even if you're not a Christian, like, the law is written on your heart. Like, if somebody gets murdered, you automatically have a reaction like, like, nobody's like, oh, I'm so glad that person got murdered. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you are, then that's like a psychological thing that you need to see somebody about. But like, just in general, like, they also
2: need the Holy Spirit
0: right but just in general like if something offensive to the moral law happens as a human we are automatically repulsed by it you know
1: yeah you're kind of wired to to realize those things are bad
2: Yeah. yeah um so and this actually leads into our next conversation aaron said kind of grace alone um not only so one of the two pieces of that right well what about these old testament laws What about the sacrificing of all these animals? And it's very bloody and all this. Not only, you know, because of Jesus, am I no longer subject to that? It's actually a really good thing. (laughs) Like, I'm not subject to that and good thing.
0: (laughs) I would be horrible at sacrificing stuff.
2: And so so maybe that leads into, well, did we wrap this up? Did we get a good answer for how to talk about, um, you know, the, the Bible doesn't say that kind of stuff. I think so.
1: Yeah,
0: I think think just like in general, like I think that as Christians, there are people that take the Bible out of context and try to fit it to their needs. And that's a human thing, obviously. And so when I see like legalism or even the Pharisees in Jesus times, like I don't think that they were doing it out of malice. I think it was like a tiny drip of water that all of a sudden filled up this massive bucket of this is the way it's supposed to be you know
2: yeah, and so an analogy because when you have a tiny drip of water through a small crack over yeah. time what happens
0: the crack gets bigger
2: and the water comes more
0: yeah um. so i think it just it just spirals it's just and that's the thing is like in my mind when i'm talking to my non christian friends i really have to separate like the the traditions that we have you know in the christianity that we have versus what is actually jesus
2: Yes, I want to come back to that. I want to make two points, and one of them is that one. Um, so the, the, the basic idea that Andrew shared with us is we want to come to a point of being able to say, you know, whatever hurtful, painful, difficult idea has been thrust upon you, very often the Bible doesn't say that. Um, well, we... it's important
1: to note that in order to, to know that, you also need to know what Scripture says. So that, that, that's a good challenge for some of us is being your word know what scripture oh,
2: yep uh bible study personal devotion are great um for being able to talk with others uh you're much more confident that way so good point good point andrew um we've talked about this before right when we say well the bible doesn't say that that's a definitive declarative statement which puts us very much in the same camp of the person who's saying the Bible does say that. Um, That's
1: true.
2: This is the thing we talk about of, you know, make it an I statement. Um, I would phrase it like this. I would, instead of saying the Bible doesn't say that or the Bible says, right? Because then we're doing, um, you know, don't tell me what to believe.
0: Right. (laughs) What I
2: would phrase it would be, um, that's not what I see the Bible saying. Right. that's not what i see the bible saying um, a
0: lot of times when i get pushed back i always say oh that's not my jesus yeah right because they've created this jesus that needs all those rules and he doesn't need all those I am rules. personally
2: uncomfortable with that language because i
0: know i know
2: <laughs> but, uh, i'll take your point so i'm not gonna
1: <laughs> i guess the way i would do it was would be more turn around and ask a question like where do you where'd you find that what maybe i'm that. missing that uh, portion of scripture. Where where did you see that one?
0: That's true because if somebody is actually reading the Bible, like that's kind of impressive.
1: So so here's, and I
2: guess I am going to push back today, a little, uh, <laughs> Andrew. I guess in the in the in the right relationship, sure. Mm-hmm. But I have two thoughts. Thought number one: the person who is saying these things, I've been hurt by some idea or mm-hmm. pushed away by some idea that that somebody has justified
1: using the Bible right they probably haven't read it and uh, why- i thought you were talking more about the person who uh is pushing the legalism on someone else oh yeah if i come across somebody who's
2: who's trying to oh yeah i do that too. behavior with scripture then yeah burden of proof is on you
1: but uh, yeah you're right if you're talking to someone who's been hurt by someone like that then it's this other <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah Then
1: don't make them prove where it, where it
2: says that thing <laughs> no. yeah
0: that, that you've been the book you've never read, <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't
2: Because it's been used as a weapon against you. Um, but yeah, so, um, so that's point number one put it in in the eye statement, right? Um, right. that's not what I see the, the Bible saying, uh, and that opens the door then to well, what do you see the Bible saying? Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Second one, Aaron alluded to this a few minutes ago this is going to feel like, a, like a, a wriggle out from underneath it card or a get out of jail free card, but it's not. Um, when you're in a discussion with someone, and this maybe goes back to the point, Andrew, that you just made, whether it is someone who has heard negative or un, unbiblical ideas or someone who is uh, advocating negative or unbiblical ideas, either way, and be in your scripture, be prepared. But the, the, the big point And I say this to people all the time. Um, There are some things in there that I struggle with that I find hard. But the overall story, the big story, is one of God who loves all of us so much that he came to make it right for us. Uh, In other words, keep it focused on Jesus. Um, The answer to uh, the what about questions, what, what about the shellfish and this stuff. Yeah, it's confusing. It's hard. You know, we're not subject to that anymore, but that's not the point of the story. Mm-hmm. The point yeah. of the story is <laughs> God who loved us so much that he sent his son uh, to make it right for us.
1: Yeah, yeah even, I even always... If was, even if that shellfish verse, uh, even if you thought it still applies to you, right. does that negate what Jesus did and the freedom right. you have? And given? this is the same, by the way, of um,
2: how could the earth be created in six days? How could you put that many animals in one boat? um all the stuff right you know I don't know um, yeah. what I do know is that's not the point of the story right they part of the story but
0: I always attribute it to like if I'm telling a story and I'm like I had this red shirt on and then they're like wait you told the story last week and it was orange and it's like mm-hmm. the shirt is not the point of <laughs> yeah, what I'm exactly. telling you <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah
2: and there's all sorts of that um you know it has there's parts are repeated and some things are contradictory. Yeah. That's storytelling. Um, I can repeat all of it. It doesn't matter to me. The point is, uh, the message of it is God who loved us enough that he uh, made it right when we could not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I have found that in conversations with friends about faith, uh, it's much easier to defend your faith if you're just pointing to Jesus rather than trying to solve all these other issues that they have. Yep. And by the way, if you solve the issues, you will not have gotten them to Jesus right No. They may remove a a stumbling block, but there's going to be a million others you're going to have to solve if you think you're going to get them there that way. Yep. Absolutely.
2: And so don't, don't listeners or viewers, don't feel bad about pointing back to Jesus.
0: So let's talk about how Jesus and the, he did all the work makes people uncomfortable.
2: Okay. Yeah. Say more about why it might.
0: So I just think in our consumer society and the way that we live, and this was the same in like Israel, right. Is like, we pay $10, you get me a thing, right. Or I did something for you. And so you're going to give me some, yeah, it's transactional. Everything's transactional. So when you go to like, reformation and you know Jesus' sacrifice it's like we did nothing to yeah. earn any of this and so we're just this is grace like we have grace because we did like absolutely nothing and it makes people uncomfortable
2: okay I think I, I I think there's two reasons why it makes people uncomfortable you're you're indicating one of them um we'll come to a second one so you're saying I'm I might be made uncomfortable by the idea that there's nothing I can do or have to do Right. Um, Because all of my training (laughs) says I have to. Right. Um, Good. So what's the uh, and you brought this up. um, What's the quote unquote proper response?
0: I don't know, but like I remember the first time I told my husband that like as a Christian, I'm not required to do anything specific. Like when we were first like married or whatever, we might have even had a baby by this point. I don't remember, but I remember saying the words like, "I did nothing to earn this salvation. Like, I just believe that Jesus is my savior." And he goes, "That's not how this works." And I was like, "You don't know how this works. You don't <laughs> tell <at> me." The- <laughs> but at I'm the same say, point,
2: I'm put that in the not proper response category. Right, I
0: know. Well, <laughs> it's my husband, so it's different. But it's just funny that his first response was.